Well, our message today is uh, on the best days for making Christ known are still ahead. So it's how to reach people for Christ. But I almost feel like setting it aside. I was just so touched by the presentation of Horizon. At the end, I think we, we were all touched by that baby's face, weren't we? So touched. And I live, it said, because of you. <clears throat> so people reached out and helped um, a person to decide to help this person walk through the door of being, of being born. And, and that's all that we're talking about when we're talking about leading someone to Jesus Christ. Because people are walking through the highway of life, and they haven't been born into the kingdom of God yet, and so they're going down a road that's going to lead to their death unless they come through the door of meeting Jesus Christ. I was just filled with that image as the presentation was going on. Imagine those 148 kids coming right through here, faces that we wouldn't have seen. I just thought about the entrance into the kingdom of God It will be people that that you and I met and we encouraged them We encouraged them to turn in the door. And they did. And they met Jesus Christ. And they're walking in that parade into the the throng of eternal life and the kingdom of God. And none of us are, are special to persuade someone. We just knew that person, we were moved with compassion as Jesus was in all of his ministry. He met someone, he had compassion for them. He cared about them. He saw right through everything they were doing. He loved them. He said, please turn in the door. I am the door. And that's all that's involved. So this morning, we'll be looking at um, some ideas. will give us some motivation, hopefully. Some ideas on how we can share Christ with others just so they can turn in the door. Right after I accepted the Lord, I'd gone to church all my life from the time I was carried to church by my mom and dad. Grew up and everything I heard, I liked. I, I you know, I thought it was all right. I knew that God loved me. I, I had uh, security from that idea. And I knew that he was the father up above, is looking down in love. Yeah. And so I knew that. I, I went into my life knowing that. I didn't really know him, but I knew he was there and that he loved me. That was huge. That was, it was enormous. 
And then my last year of high school, we moved, went to a church. The people loved the Lord. They uh, just shared with me how to accept Christ. And one, one day in my room after a retreat, I just could hear him knocking. I was sure if I turned around, I would see him standing right there, loving me. And I didn't turn around. I knew he was there. I just said, okay. It was a decision. You can come in. You can be my Lord. I am yours. I belong to you. I'll follow you. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. It was so quiet. It was so real. And in each of us, it was very special. God knocked on our hearts in a special way. And we know that he knocked. And we knew that he came in. And so as we meet other people, we know that in a wonderful, special way, he can do the same thing for them. It won't be exactly like us. It might be. It probably will be very different. And he loves them just as much as he loves you or me. When I went from Taiwan over to China, um, they were just starting to get underway and developing their parks. And Mao, Chairman Mao you know, had left everything kind of bleak over there. Atheism, no God, no color, no grass in the parks. It just was bleak. That's what the impression I had. There was no paint on any of the buildings since the revolution. The universities, they they weren't painted or anything. It was all just just, um, sort of let go. And um, now they're all painted, beautiful buildings, skyscrapers, the whole place is on the the move. But I went over there, and I just, uh, I remember on... Saturdays or Sundays, maybe in the afternoon, I would just go over to a park. So I like to do that. It's refreshing. The, the Bible talks about a Sabbath. So I would just take a time and I'd go and I found that these Chinese um, uh, parks, they have these old cement tea tables and these old rickety rattan chairs with arms you can rest on. They're so comfortable. And they creak as you sit down into these chairs, you know. And, and these fellows will come around with these teapots about this big and a spout about this long. And they'll just arc it and they'll hit your cup from about five feet, you know. <laughs> and they stop when the cup's about half full. And then the tea goes on into the cup and finishes filling right up to the brim. They're just excellent shots. I say, well, how did he do that, you know? He's talented. This fellow's really talented. But as I would sit there and I would take a devotional book, a New Testament, um, I just, I just, if I felt like reading, I'd read. If I didn't, I'd just bask in the shade and just let God kind of relax me and speak to me and, and give me thoughts. Maybe read a sentence in some devotional. Wow, that's amazing. Just think about it for a while. Drink my tea, you know. And people would come by. Some little girl, maybe not even with shoes. In an old old, simple dress, probably passed down two, three times. And she'd walk through the park, and I'd be overwhelmed. God loves this little girl as much as he loves me. That would hit me so strong. And it's true. Of course it's true. I, I knew it loves me. Uh, because he says he does. And, uh, but I, I'd be overwhelmed. God loves this little girl that none of us know. He loves her as much as me. And then some old guy had come through, sort of on a cane. He probably hadn't changed his clothes. At that time, you know, people are, are up, and, up and coming now. But just kind of rickety, come through, through the park. I'd be overwhelmed. God loves this man as much as he loves Doug Cannon. 
You know, that would just, that would just hit me so strong. She loves her. Oh, and so this morning, as as we were watching the presentation, I just saw, you know, my mind's eye this column of people walking down the road of this world. And it's just gonna be a drop off, a drop off into the abyss, and they're blinded. And there's, there's signs everywhere, go this way. This is the way to go. And they're walking blindly, like numb, just right down that road. That's going to drop into the abyss. It's clear as day. It's not to them. And, and, and there's, there's, there's the door that they come by. They could turn in uh, and, and find eternal life. But there's all kinds of neon saying, don't go there. Don't go there. And so they're turned away from the way of life. And they're just going down with busy lives. And, um, and what a beautiful picture to see that there's some to help them step in and to be born. Wouldn't it be amazing to have those 148 walk right in? I, we'd, all be, we'd all be crying. The one face at the end, what if that was your child? And there's no way to describe that. So, just as we're helping people you know, to make the decision to go ahead and let their child have life and step into this world. You and I, every day, every week, every month, every year, we have the opportunity. And we shouldn't be thinking, you know, do I have the gift of evangelism? You may. He may be Louis Palau. That little boy that we saw at the end, he could end up being, you know, someone that God really uses. We don't know. He might really have a gift of evangelism or something like that. But then Paul spoke to Timothy, who was pastoring, and he said, do the work of an evangelism, of an evangelist. Do the work of evangelism. Be out sharing, giving people an opportunity. Stand outside that door, you know, as pe- and you're walking with people, say, you know, up ahead, there's a door you can turn it. You'll find there's beautiful light inside. There's love. You will, you will find eternal life. You'll know you did the right thing when you go through the door. And you and I, were, we're just very common people. But we make a difference. It makes a difference if you're there and if you're not there. It makes a difference. Think, where would your, chi- your kids be if you weren't there? Unbelievable. What would happen to them, you know, if you weren't there? You're their dad. And the same with the people that are in your life. What if you're there for them or not there for them? Huge difference. Huge difference. Huge difference. So sometimes you say, well, I'm over the hill. You know, people hear that all the time. I get creaky, you know. You're not over the hill. It's not over till it's over. (laughs) As they say, it's not over till the lady sings at the end, you know. It's not, it's not over till it's over. As long as you and I have life and breath, you know, God can really use us and use us in, in amazing ways. Not because of us, but because he, he wants to make known and give life. He wants people to turn in the door. He wants them to come into the road of life. When I was at, right after I met Christ, um, I had a dream. I haven't shared this very much, but I did. I had a dream. We, we all have different dreams. And I, I, I just saw, I was out in like a farm, and there was a large barn over to the side. And I looked over and I could see these rolling black clouds coming in over the horizon. And I don't know, it just seemed like maybe it was a disaster was coming, 
uh, judgment, you know, the, uh, whatever it was going to be, it was coming. And it was going to be all engulfing. And I just felt like what we needed to do is tell everyone to go in the barn. And we just started, like, almost herding sheep. This is the way. Let's go over here. Let's go on in. Let's go in. We'll be protected. And it was clear as day. When I woke up in the morning, it was as clear as day. We need to be leading people into the Lord, into the kingdom of God. They'll find protection. It was just like Noah giving the invitation to all of the creation. Come on in. There's going to be a huge storm. And they all did because they weren't as stubborn as human beings, you know. And they all came in and they were all saved. The only ones that didn't come in were the stubborn human beings. They were all outside mocking, making fun, watching the neon lights say, don't go in that door. And, and so they didn't. The animals were a whole lot simpler. Okay, the Lord says go, we're going, you know. You know, it's just like before a tsunami, elephants, they'll go uphill. Animals know they're a lot smarter than us. You know, I mean, they know. They can tell. They just go uphill. Humans are all washed all over the beach, you know, hanging in palm trees and um, stuck, you know. They, 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 they got what was coming. And the elephants are up there eating grass because, you know, they, they, had, they were intelligent, you know. <laughs> so that's true. And so what we are doing is we are helping people. Can you see the clouds coming? Oh, no, we're watching the neon signs. But some will listen. Same with Christ. When, when he was on earth, some were listening. They were waiting. Well, let's go ahead and move through this. It's, it's a tremendous to, to think about. Okay, so the, the best days for making him known are still ahead. And we want to um, read a... Look at that. We want to read a verse together. Let's read this together. Sow your seed in the morning... And at evening, let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Isn't that great? Isn't that an amazing thing to think about? So maybe you're just coming out and you're, you're bristling with excitement to enter into life. You're graduated from college, you're maybe going to grad school, you have some vision for your life, you think, Here's some things I think God has gifted me to do. I want to do it. I want to go out, have a family. I want to raise kids. I want to have a good job. I want to reach my friends for Christ and so forth. So you're bristling, sowing your seed in the morning. Sowing your seed in the morning. Um, one time I was at a prayer meeting at Lake Avenue Congregational Church. This was years ago. My mom was participating in this prayer meeting. The family was in Pasadena. And so she went. And uh, so I went one time. And they had this young man come who had started some ministry. It was here in the, in the um, L.A. area. I forget what town it was in. And I was just amazed. He was really young. I would say he was, um, at the time, between 25 and 30. And he had come out, and he was, had some kind, I think it was a youth ministry. I forget his name. I forget everything. But it left such an Im impression on me. I, 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 I didn't know him at all. But he just started sharing how they were reaching youth. And, and the outreaches that they had, and he, he, he had poise, he had confidence, he was humble, he was really working hard. And they were really reaching a lot of youth. He shared about how different ones were coming to Christ and so forth. I said, wow, this guy is so young. And I, I was just going out to Taiwan at the time. I was so amazed. I said, 
where, where did that come from? God has really given. So he's coming out into his life, bristling with energy. And he's sowing his seed in the morning. And, and, if, and so if I had a word to say today, it would be get going early, if at all possible. Start early in ministry, apostle. Ministry is service. Whatever God's gifted you to do, whatever job you think he wants you to do, it's going to include leading people to Christ. It has to. You know, do the work of an evangelist. Uh, it has to. We're sharing our faith. And we're just sharing our faith, whatever our job is. School teachers have a wonderful opportunity to get to, know, get to know students, teachers. There's lots of opportunities. They're just fine that we can share our faith. Uh, whatever the law says, we can get to know people and, and, and we, can, we can share our faith. In whatever job we're in, whatever job we're in, we can share our faith. But start in ministry. If God's giving you a vision for something to do with your life, start early and get going because the clock is still moving. The clock is moving whether you and I are or not. It's going to keep moving. So get an early stop. Don't worry about, you know, being too arrogant. Oh, I'm stepping out. I'm doing too much, uh, too early. So, you know, you can sort of adjust if you need to. But just get going. Just get going. The earlier you invest, the more that's going to multiply. Anyone in finances knows that. The more you get out there and go, the more that's going to multiply. And the same with your ministry, your outreach, your work, you know, for the king. So get going early. But there's another part to that. Give your later years everything that you have. So maybe somebody says, oh, I'm over the hill. You know, I, I'm creaky. Uh, you're not. You're not. You're not. You know so much more than you did when you were 20 or 25. You had lots of... Uh, uh, anticipation and vision and, and, and gusto and so forth. That, but you know a hundred times more than you do then. Than you did then. Uh, a lot of it's just from hard knocks, doing things the wrong way and so forth. You've seen lots of stuff in the world. You know lots of things don't work. You know that the, the word is right. If you go down this path, you get clobbered. You know, you're going to wipe out. Uh, you know a lot from things you've done right, things you've done wrong. You know a lot. You know so much more. You speak with conviction that somebody who's 20, he can't do that. He can't do that. He can speak the word of God, and the word of God will you know, get that fellow's attention, or that girl's attention, because that's powerful. But you carry a sense of authority of a whole lifetime you know, of doing things right and not right. And so when you speak, that really carries influence. It matters if you're there or you're not there. It really matters. It really matters, just like in your kids' life, in your friends' lives that you're trying to win for Christ. It matters if you have time or don't have time. It matters if you call them on the phone or you don't call them on the phone. It matters if you go to visit them or you don't go to visit them. It matters if you pray for them or you don't pray for them. It matters. They're going to go right by the door if you and I are too busy. They're gonna, the neon signs are huge. They all have giant arrows. They go right there. They try to cover the door. And your friends, your loved ones, people in the family that you care about, you really love them, you know, let alone all the others that we don't even know. But they will go right by the door. I mean, we're, we're talking about the Lord choosing and so forth, too. We know all of that. But let's not be like in the era where they just sat back and they said, well, with God's predestination, if he calls somebody, told uh, who it was the name Carrie, 
he wanted to go to India. Hey, just sit down. He stood up and he said, we, we, should, we should derive means to go reach people in the world for Christ. And these older gentlemen said, just sit down. Don't you understand predestination? If God is, had predestined people to meet him, then they will. Just sit down. It doesn't take you or me. They were completely wrong. Kerry said no. So he wrote a whole book on means of how to go reach people for Christ. See, that was his day. He served the Lord in his generation. It says of David, doesn't it? And, and you're serving the Lord in our generation. He will give you all kinds of insight and wisdom for how to reach people today. And that's, that's really going to be, it's different ways. Some will be the same as in those days, but it will also be a lot of different things. If Hudson Taylor went out to China today, he would do almost everything different than when he did at that time. So, so when God leads you out, you know, take from his life, but go with the life that, that God is calling you to. Do it your way with your gifts and your location and, and your demeanor, your character and, and who you are. God has tailor-made you for service today. Serving God in our generation. Hudson would have to redo it today if he went out. And I know his great-great-grandson. He started, he started uh, China Evangelical Seminary in Taiwan. He's passed away. And his son, Jamie, is in Hong Kong. He's still head of OMF. You know, uh, China Inland Mission. Isn't that incredible? That's like five or six generations. The same name, five, six generations. James Hudson Taylor. So he went by Hudson, you know, and then James was James Hudson. He went by James. Now the son is going by Jamie. But they're all the same guy. <laughs> and, and, and they're all really reaching out to Christ. And they're all doing it different. Jamie is doing what you can do today in China. He is. And Hudson would have to do it the way Jamie's doing it today. So God is, is calling you and I to serve in our generation. Give your later years everything that you have. Because as just as we read, you don't know which will, will come up with the more. You know, if you, maybe in your youth you had reached a lot of people for Christ. It was wonderful. You had your friends. Uh, and, and, and many of them met Christ. But then at this point in your life, because of the conviction that's deepened, uh, because of all the years that you have seen, when you speak, maybe it's way more cutting. It goes right into the soul, right into the heart. It grips people. They know what you're saying is true, and they believe you. They know it's the word of God, and they know that what you're saying is true uh, because you love them with a love that's pretty deep from what you've seen. And, and from your experience, they know what you're saying is true. So don't underestimate. There was a, um, a pastor I listened to, I think, He's a fundamentalist, and he, he, you know, I used to listen to tapes wherever I drove. I just put a tape in on furlough. You're going miles and miles. I just put tapes and listen to these preachers, you know. Well, this fella, he had a very, very fruitful ministry. I think he was part of Jack Hiles' group out of Hammond, Indiana, you know. He's, one, he's very similar to him. And then when he got older, maybe I don't know what age he was, he got cancer. And they, the doctor said, you only have a couple years to live. And, and so he said, well, if that's the case, then I better start preaching a little bit more. I mean, he didn't just go home and wait to exit, you know. He started preaching, and one of his deacons came up to him and says, Pastor, I just wish, I just wish I could, you're such a wonderful preacher, I wish I could take your sickness upon myself 
so that you could have my health and go preach. He said, I wouldn't trade it. I would never trade with you. He said, I have seen more people come to Christ because of, of oh, what cancer has done to me. And I know the truth so much deeper. And I know how important it is that that comes through my preaching. I have seen more people come to Christ being sick like this at this time in my life than all of my previous ministry put together. So it's not over till it's over. And who knows whether it be the uh, early sowing or the later sowing, just like we saw in Ecclesiastes. You don't know. So give it all that you have. This fellow only had, uh, had uh, two years. As a doctor, I gave him, I think he stretched it to three. And, um, uh, and so, you know, again and again, people have done that. This one fellow who's, he, he went out to China years and years ago. And um, I'll think of his name in a, in a moment here. And he, he started WEC Mission. And um, he, the doctor, when he went back to England after going to China, the doctor said, you, you only have, you should get your house in order. You have seven fatal diseases. So I said, wow, fate, seven fatal diseases, you know. I better get going, you know. So, so he, no, no mission, set, take, no mission uh, society would take him. So he started a new uh, mission society, World Evangelism Crusade. And his wife was the mission, was the mission um, society, and he was the missionary. I mean, that's not a good way to do it, you know. She stayed in England and he went over, but he went to India. It was C.T. Studd. And he wrote a little booklet, Changed My Life. It was called The Chocolate Christian. Chocolate melts under the heat. Oh, he, he, he just ranted in this booklet. You, you're not doing anything for Christ. A little bit of pressure, you melt. You're not doing anything for the Lord. When are you going to stand up? When are you going to get some backbone? When are you going to step out, do something for the king? You know, man, I read that thing. I said, that's not going to be me. <laughs> chocolate Christian. It's just, the booklet is about, it's about this big. You know, it's like a track. It's chocolate. I said, wow, that's, I, I can't, can't be Doug Cannon. I don't want that ever to happen to me, you know. So he went out, and he had another six years in India. Then he, uh, then he said, um, you know, the place where there's really a need is Africa. I don't know how he got this notion. And so he started World Evangelism Crusade. And, um, and uh, his three daughters turned out to be tremendous Christians, married pastors. Well, I don't know how that happened because he was overseas the whole time. So that's very unusual. That was very unusual. But he went another 20 years after the doctor said, you've had it, you know, get your house in order. He says, I better get going. I better get going. That should be our attitude. So let's give it all. You know, start early in ministry if possible. But in our later years, um, give it all that we have. So M Moses' ministry really started pretty late. I think we won't read the whole passage. You know it. Acts 7 is Stephen's account. And so Stephen was one of the six deacons and Philip, right? And then there were another four. So one of the six deacons that were appointed, prayed for, laid hands on, and they were to wait on tables. Well, these table waiters were men of God. They prayed. They had visions. They went. Philip went down to, you know, he went up to Samaria. He was leading thousands of people to Christ. He went down to the uh, Gaza Strip, you know, and he led the Ethiopian eunuch to Christ, led by the Spirit, and he came back to so, That's Philip. Stephen, the same way. 
He was being stoned. He was, they pulled him out and they said, is, is this true, what people are saying about you? He said, all I needed was an opportunity to speak. And he just went on and on. He went all through Israel's history and how Jesus was the Christ. They were so angry at his words, they stopped up their ears and they stoned him. As he was being stoned, he saw Jesus right there. He was a spiritual man. How about the 12 apostles? They said, we're going to let you wait on tables so that we can give ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. But these deacons that were waiting on tables were very spiritual men and, men and women. They were loving the Lord. They were filled with him. And they were um, really making him known. And so that's all revealed in there. Um, then after we see a couple more, this is the recount of how God used Moses. And so after he'd been rejected here, this is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and delivered by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. How old was Moses at this time? He was 80 years old. So see, that's probably just a little hair older than most of us. Okay, just a little bit. So he was starting at 80, and he ministered to 120. So I was, I was reading in Genesis a while back. I said, hmm, Moses was 120. How about Joshua? He followed Moses. Joshua, he lived to be 110. So I said, okay, Lord, what we're going to do is a little math. I'll just take the medium of those two. You know, that would be 100 and, you know, 100 and, uh, and 115. So, you know, I, I need to be, I, I've got lots to do between now and 115, so I better get going, you know. I mean, we might as well have fun with the life God's given us. I've already put in my application, you know. I don't know if it'd be with approval. But I figure, you know, let's get going. So he started at 80 years old. Do you know why Moses was the most humble man in the world? Because he thought he was going to deliver Israel when he was 40 years old. He killed an Egyptian. It was found out. He fled. He was, he was really afraid of Pharaoh. And he probably would have been killed. So he fled. He went out, crossed over into Midian, and he was a failure for 40 years. He is watching sheep. If you want to know how to be humble, just fail. It'll make you very humble. The Bible says he was the humblest man in the whole world. He was the humblest man in the world. And I think he was watching sheep for 40 years. He knew who he was. He knew he was supposed to save Israel from their slavery. And he sat watching. I think he was looking at the crossing of the Red Sea for 40 years. I think that's what he was doing. He was watching sheep. He was probably thinking, how am I going to do this? He feeling like a failure. I think, I think he, was, he felt like a failure. He had, he had let God down. God appointed me, wanted me to do a work, and I let him down. And uh, so he's up on the side of the sheep. And sometimes, you know, life engulfs us. He said, where is all this going? Is it going to count? Is it going to add up? Well, be encouraged. Because God will appear to you at the right time. And we can be getting on the way, whether there's an appearance or not. But you will sense his voice, and I will sense his voice. Here's an opportunity to serve today. And Moses went on. He led them out of Egypt, performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. I'll just touch on a couple things here. The Great Commission, pastor shared with us the, uh, last week, 
To make disciples, you need to go to do that, maybe to go to somebody next door, baptizing, teaching. All of those are wonderful ministries. Just be you, the, the gift that God has given you, and be part of it. Sharing Christ as a way of life, something that Bill Bright used to always say, Campus Crusade, share Christ as a way of life. Well, how do we do that? I think, number one, we want to picture ourselves as making Christ known throughout our lifetime. Picture yourself. Start that way. Why do I say that? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I like the King James translation there. It hits it right on the head, you know. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think, oh, I can't do that. I can't share with somebody. I, 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 don't, have a, I don't have a speaking gifts. You know what? Moses said that too at the bush. He kicked his sandals off. He's told to do that. And he said, you know what, Lord? I can't even speak. Oh, come on. Eusebius, who's a historian, he had Moses as the commander in Egypt going down and winning battles in Ethiopia. There's no commander who can't talk. He's, he can, he, he's, he's um, resonant and he can command. I mean, Moses, he was mighty in speech, Stephen says in, his, in, his, in his, his, his account of the story. He was mighty in speech and in deed. That's what Stephen said. So I think, you know, Moses was sort of overwhelmed at the idea, plus he's probably afraid of Pharaoh still. And so, as a man thinks, but begin to picture yourself. I can share Christ. I can share Christ. If someone says, I can't, he's right. If someone says, I can, he's right. And any psychologist will tell you that. It could be a little bit of just human observation. But it's true. If you tell, oh, I can't do that, uh, then you probably won't. You've already, you've already set, set your parameters. You know? On the other hand, if someone says, I can, he's right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Begin to see yourself differently. I heard one pastor say, what you need to do is just make a new you. You're too limited in your thinking of what God could do. Just he, he just said, just redesign yourself, you know. You don't have to be that limited. Oh, I can't do that. Of course you can. I can do all things through Christ, you know. Share with those who, uh, who seem like they're ready. And there's lots of examples uh, that you have seen. You've run into people that they were ready, and I have too. They accepted Christ. Joseph of Arimathea was waiting for the kingdom of God. Isn't that great? That's a verse of scripture. Joseph of Arimathea was waiting for the kingdom of God. He was waiting, and he didn't agree what the Sanhedrin was doing. He provided the tomb for, for Jesus. I'm sure he believed. You know, There are people who are waiting. Where is the door? There's so many neon signs, I can't see it, and I'm looking. Oh, that's the door. Thank you for telling me. Literally. And you almost just went past him because, oh, I can't do that. Hey, Get staunch, you know. Eat some starch for breakfast, you know. Stick, stick your chest out. I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus today. You know? <laughs> There's going to be somebody in my path, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. There is somebody who's groping for the door. He's pushing the neon signs to the left and the right. They want to be part of the 148 that walk down the aisle. They want to be there. Oh, I can't do that. I just follow the neon signs. Go to the abyss. You know, I'm too busy. You know, 
I don't know you. I just go, go the way everybody's going. I'm going to let you go. You can't do that. We can't do that. That boy's face at the end of the film. Precious. We're doing exactly the same people. With, with same thing with people who are born. We're getting them in to come, be part of the parade that comes in. That's what we're doing. Share with those who are close by. Neighbors, so we'll have lots of examples. We won't go there today. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. First thing he did. First thing he did. Close by. Share with those you meet. And so, you know, we have lots of opportunity to do that too. And so, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, I mean, Jesus was just sitting there by the well. Hey, will you give me a drink? Started a conversation. She met Christ. She led all of her friends in Samaria to the Lord. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty neat. Share with, share with those that you meet. You know, they're, they're working through the neon signs. They're looking. Just, just be available. Go with others to share your faith. This is important. Maybe you're afraid. Go with somebody who loves to go. Somebody in your life group. Uh, maybe the, 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 the couple that's leading your life group. Say, hey, who are you going to visit this week? I, I don't know how to do this. But if I go with you, I'll get to hang. And you will. Mm. You'll be surprised how many things you think to kick into the conversation. And you, think that, and you thought that when you went that you wouldn't have anything to say. As soon as they get sharing, God will give you all kinds of ideas on exactly what to say. pastor said that two weeks ago. It's exactly what happens. In the going is the wisdom. God will tell you exactly what He'll give you ideas, hunches, revelation, anything. God is with you. He's always with you. Calling the 12 of them, he began to send them out two by two. So go with others. And then also, and what you have heard from me in my presence, many witnesses, and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Faithful men, faithful women. And so when we go, just don't go as a loner. That, you know, that's not as great of an increase. Take somebody who's trying to learn how to share their faith or would like to go, and you're reproducing. You know, it says that one will chase a thousand and two will chase ten thousand. That's good investment. So take somebody with you. You'll do ten times as what you could do if you just went alone. Really. They will think of something to say that you didn't think of, but you brought them along. They thought they'd have nothing to say. Perfect. What they thought was perfect. Even a new Christian. They'll think of things exactly what that person needs to hear. So take somebody with you and say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going. And you have a few things for spiritual law, something, the bridge, you're going to share some content. You're going to try to see this person come to Christ. And so take somebody with you. Read stories about people who have shared their faith. Get motivated. You can jot some of these things down on that little piece of paper. If there's a new idea, just jot it down. If you're already doing it, great. Um, and, 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 and everyone is. Everyone here is sharing. I know they are. This is a reminder. It's, a help, it's helping us all. Read stories about people who shared their faith. You won't do it exactly like them, but you can get some great ideas. And the main thing is they did it and you will. Okay? They did it and you will. Share with someone who might challenge your faith. And so I love the movie God is Not Dead. It was God is Dead. Um, and it's Kevin Zorbo plays the atheist professor. And he just shoots these students down. He says, if any, if any, he's, he's not, wasn't even going to graduate from the class if anyone was a, wasn't an atheist. So one of the students stands up. He says, no, I'm, I'm actually a Christian. 
And, the, and his arguments are tremendous. I mean, it was, it was a very humble presentation. But when you watch that film, it's on Netflix, Crosslux, anywhere. And um, you can watch this film and you'll have uh, 15 ideas for how to speak to an atheist humbly, graciously, but that will really cut to the quick. It will really cause them to think. We should give an answer of the reason of the hope that's within us. Share with someone the Lord is speaking to you about. So he spoke to Philip, and, and Philip went down to the, to the Gaza River. Here's the Ethiopian eunuch. We don't know how many people in Ethiopia came to Christ. He was a part of Candace Court. And so he went down there. We don't know how many. It was probably thousands of people came to Christ because Philip got an idea from the Lord. It was actually pretty direct in that case. And he went. He spoke to the man. He was obedient. And God, and God used him. And finally, pray and go. Isn't that great? So let's read this one more time. Here we go. Sow your seed in the morning and at evening. Let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Isn't that amazing? You know, oh, God not only spoke to the apostles when he said, I'll be with you always, he was also speaking to me. I will be with you always. How wonderful. And he was also speaking to you when he says, I chose you and appointed you to go and might bear fruit, not just take up time until you graduate from earth. Okay? I'll be with you always. And then our last slide here is, there it is. Therefore, go and make disciples. That's it. Therefore, go and make disciples. Pretty simple. So God will give you many opportunities. He didn't give Louis Palau. Your friends, not one of them knows Billy Graham. Billy Graham doesn't know them. Besides, he already moved. He's not here anymore. So if anyone's going to tell him about Jesus, it has to be you. And it matters if you go or if you don't go. If you love or you don't love. If you have time, you don't have time. If you call, if you don't call. If you write, if you don't write. It matters. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you that you use very normal people to love us. You used our parents you used um, friends in our life. You used people at school, on the campus, high school campus, college campus. You used people at work who knew you that began to pray for us and shared good news with us. You used very normal people, and we heard you through them. They weren't spectacular. They were friends, and they loved us. They cared. And so, Lord, use us the same way. Help us to be expectant. Help us to get a picture as we think so we will become. Get a picture of the new me. Walking with Jesus, radiant and making Christ known. Use us this week, this month. Use us this year. May it be a joyful year of seeing people added to the 148 coming down the aisle. And we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you that we can be co-workers with Christ. We pray in his name.